now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. WRAD 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. Bright and early on what can be known as a victory Monday. The Hokies beating Syracuse last night on the men's basketball floor up there inside the Carrier Dome. I would guess you're going to hear about that in the Gotcha Covered segment. As always, Gotcha Covered is going to lead off the show just like it leads off every hour. And what it does is gives you a primer for every conversation on sports you might stumble into here today. If you're at happy hour, if you're at a PTA meeting, if you're at the water cooler and a sports conversation breaks out and you had life getting in the way of watching the game last night or reading the article this morning or memorizing the stat, well, in five short minutes, you can be sure that you are primed and ready to roll in every conversation, like I said, that you can stumble into. This is Gotcha Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. The Hokies win. It may have been a late-night nightcap for the ACC Network at 9 o'clock opening tip. Uh, up in upstate New York against Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. But it turns out it actually took the Virginia Tech Hokies even later to wake up. 9 p.m. might have been a little too early for the Hokies. First half, they were not themselves. 27 points scored, allowed uh, Syracuse to shoot over 50%. But it was the second half. It was the adjustments by Mike Young. It was the adjustments by true freshmen that were seeing the Syracuse 2-3 zone for the very first time that proved to be the difference. And it was personified by true freshman off the bench, former top 100 recruit, crown jewel of the incoming true freshman class, Jalen Cohn. He had one, two, three, four, five threes with four of them in the second half, 19 points, 16 of them in the second half, two four-point plays, both of them in the second half. As the Hokies get the win over Syracuse, they're now two and two in the ACC, and they have a legit shot, ladies and gentlemen, of finishing this season at 500 in the most difficult conference in the country. I'm not counting out the NCAA tournament. In other sports news, you probably heard that the NFL coaching carousel is beginning to slow down. There's just one more opening, and that's in Cleveland. And let's be real, it might be a last-standing situation for Cleveland. It might be not it, not it, not it, not it. Nose goes, not me. Uh, the <laughs> Matt Rule goes to the Panthers. A uh, uh, huge deal. Could be worth up to $70 million. It proves to you, right, when you're talking with your friends and you need something to mention about the Matt Rule hiring, that there is absolutely nothing different between college and the NFL now. If you can build a program in college football, then the NFL will assume that you can build a program in the NFL. It used to be so different. It used to be, well, you can recruit in college, and a GM assembles the team in the NFL. Now they're looking at you saying, you can score in the Big 12? Well, bring that offense up here. You can organize a defense to stop teams in the Big 12? We'll bring that defense up here. Matt Rule is a guy that has one season as an assistant offensive line coach in his NFL resume, and he was given six years up to 70 
or excuse me, seven years up to $70 million with 60 guaranteed. Matt Rule, congratulations to you and congratulations to your grandkids, right? Because when you get $60 million, your grandkids got their college tuition paid for. It's generational wealth. Joe Judge headed to the Giants. He was the wide receivers coach for the Patriots. I will tell you this. It is now officially better to be a water boy under Bill Belichick and Nick Saban than it is to be an offensive coordinator for other coaches. If you just brush against greatness, uh, there will be someone willing to pay you for the insight that you may have gained while brushing against that greatness. If you were in the same room as Bill Belichick, there will be someone in the NFL willing to hand you the keys to a franchise, hoping that Bill Belichick just spews nuggets of wisdom uh, at all points in time and just the fact that you get to listen to it occasionally makes you an attractive head coach Joe Judge to the Giants and as I said the Browns still out there looking for their guy Anthony Davis turned down the maximum from the Los Angeles Lakers said he intends to hit free agency did you just hear that that's the entire city of Los Angeles going, what in the heck is going on here? They traded so much to get Anthony Davis, and now they're looking around saying, we might not even get to keep this dude. And then on top of that, he goes ahead and gets hurt, lands on his tailbone, comes down hard on the hardwood, and, and is going to miss the upcoming road trip. Talk about terrible timing. He's going to hit the open market. And he's going to have a little bit of bad blood between him and the Los Angeles Lakers. Luckily for him, he's the type of talent that will draw maximum offers from everyone. Redskins fans out there, we know you already got your uh, your head coach in Ron Rivera, and everyone seems pleased. Everyone uh, seemed pleased with the defensive coordinator that he brought in in Jack Del Rio. But let's take it one step further. In your conversations around the water cooler, you want to talk about the offensive coordinator that was hired, a gentleman by the name of Scott Turner, a.k.a. Norv, Turn Norv Turner's son, First time being an OC outside of four games as a interim in Carolina this season. Uh, Scott Turner is basically confirming what I thought Ron Rivera might do, which is turning Washington into Charlotte North, right? Everyone that worked for him in the Carolina Panthers has a nice safe landing spot up north. Uh, you know what? If you're a Redskins fan, you'll take the type of success that Ron Rivera had in the Panthers organization. So good on you. That is gotcha covered. Those five minutes will make sure you are covered in every sports conversation you might stumble your way into today. You'll have a talking point and know the nuts and bolts of the situation. Now we get to dive deeper into something that we discussed in that gotcha covered segment here on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD radio network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro. Uh, guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. That's the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Let's talk Matt Rule to Carolina. Let's talk a guy who who did three years at Baylor, took him from 1-11 to 11-1 essentially uh, in college. I want to emphasize that, in college. And was just given seven years $60 million guaranteed, could be as high as $70 million with incentives to run an NFL franchise. So let me explain to you what that means. That means, hey, you're really good at motivating 19-year-olds. Let's see how good you can be at motivating 32-year-olds with three kids, a wife, a mortgage, and, and their mortality in their career setting in. You're really good at, at motivating uh, kids who feel they're invincible 
Let's see how good you are at motivating guys who are staring the rest of their life straight in the face. Right? Well, you have to think about NFL players like this. NFL players have two lives. Professional athletes, they retire twice, right? They have two lives. They, a lot of uh, professional athletes will tell you they die twice. They die once when their, their athletic career is over, and then they die like the rest of us at the end of their actual life. And think about it, right? What happens when a, uh, a, a player retires, like a legend retires, when Eli Manning retires? Like changes the game, right? Or it, like They have a final game where everyone stands up and applauds, and they say, we'll miss you, and they, they air a video tribute of all of their longtime coworkers and friends saying, you really gave it your all. You left it all on the field, and I appreciate you. They attend their own funeral. Do you know what happens at the end of a college football career? You have senior day, and everyone talks about how great the, your future is. And all you're going to go on to these big things. At the end of an NFL career, they're like, well, you're high. you've peaked. You're done for. It is two different beasts coaching in college versus coaching in the NFL. In college, you're like, okay, uh, focus on your studies, but when you get out on practice, football is the number one thing. Who, you know, I know you have social issues and, and your girlfriend dumped you, but football is the most important thing. When you get to the NFL, wife and kids? That isn't you can't you can't you can't genuinely tell someone, hey, uh, your kids are dealing with something, but forget about that. Football, you can't. That's life. NFL is different, but the NFL and Carolina is essentially telling us, oh no 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 no, it's more similar than you think. They've brought the RPO and the read keep game, the run pass option and and the the run pass. Uh, the run pass option and the read keep and, and the true option and the spread offenses and all these things, the shotgun exclusive, everything that they were doing in college from a scheme standpoint, they've brought up to the NFL. So, so the NFL is saying, we don't care if your successes come in college. We don't care if your successes come in the pros. We want someone that has had success in modern football. You know, I always say a college coach has three main responsibilities to recruit, to scheme, and to motivate. The NFL is saying, we only care about one of those three. If you can scheme, get on up here. They're ignoring two-thirds of why this guy was successful at Baylor. They're saying the reason he was successful at Baylor is the same reason why he's going to be successful in the NFL, and that's scheme. Meanwhile, Matt Rule will probably even tell you part of the reason he was so successful at Baylor is because he was able to recruit like a stud. Dave Tepper is going to be a pay-up owner. Dave Tepper fired Ron Rivera and immediately said, let's break out the checkbook and go get who we want, and what we want is Matt Rule. You make a $60 million commitment, you're expecting wins. Let's hope that the reason Matt Rule was successful at Baylor is because uh, of the plays he was able to draw up and call because that's the only thing that translates to the NFL. That's the only thing where there's a direct line from college to the NFL. Scheming, play design, play calling. 
You can't give them the old win one for the Gipper speech and the pros. It's a different beast. You can't go out and recruit uh, a better team than your opponents have. It has to be a GM assembling them with money and salary cap. It's two different worlds. But the NFL is saying the worlds are getting closer together, so let's go ahead and, and treat them as equals. I don't know. Is he Jimmy Johnson? Or is he Nick Saban? Is he Pete Carroll? Or is he Steve Spurrier? There's examples on both sides of college guys working and college guys not. Where does Matt Rule fit in? Well, the Panthers made their $60 million bet. On the other side of things, the New York Giants made their bet on an NFL guy. Joe Judge, brushed with greatness, maybe. How does that hire compare to the rule hire? Next, Tim Donnelly Show. Take the Tim Donnelly Show with you anywhere you go. Streaming worldwide on WRADradio.com. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD 1017-1035-1460 AM. So the, the Carolina Panthers filled their head coaching void with Matt Rule. And, and as I discussed before, they are treating college prowess equal to NFL prowess. You're good in college. You'll be good in the NFL. Here's $70 million, $60 million to bet on. it. The, the New York Giants also had an opening at their head coaching position. They hired Joe Judge. They're prioritizing something other than uh, success at the college or even really uh, success that they are responsible for in the NFL. They are prioritizing brushes with greatness. If I hear that Joe Judge was mentored by, in the last 10 years, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick one more time, it'll be the end of me. So he was an, uh, an analyst and worked with special teams players solely at Alabama. And he was the special teams coordinator under Bill Belichick and this year a wide receivers coach. Think about that. That's they, Oh, you worked with Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates? Well, kind of. I wasn't like a vice president. I wasn't the CFO. But I, I managed the store, the Apple store in Roanoke. And then I transitioned to Microsoft where I was head of Minesweeper. Minesweeper like, like the game? Yeah, 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 Minesweeper. Like, trust me, trust me. Like, we were talking oh, no. pretty tight. Bill, Bill Gates was really into making sure Minesweeper. It's like that, uh, you were in the same room as, as Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. You were in the same room. You were in the same building. You both had key cards to swipe at the same door to get into the same facility. That's what Joe Judge had. A lame claim to fame. Right. Exactly. And and the Giants are essentially saying, I really hope when Bill Belichick has full staff meetings, he's just spewing the the keys to his success out loud randomly. He's like, uh, before we start this meeting, um, the reason why my defense is so great is because I'm always looking at the other team's tight ends and personnel packages um, and, and where the tight end lines up is what I base my play call on. And I'm so like awake and I'm so knowledgeable because I eat this every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and every morning before I leave the house, I have uh, steel-cut oats with one banana chopped up and put inside. And, and like, like Joe Judge as the special teams coordinator is just in the back with a legal pad scribbling <laughs> like crazy. Like, ah, steel-cut oats, gotcha. Yeah, that goes well with it. Nick Saban also does the steel-cut oats because he told me when I was working for Alabama. It, it's, it's, 
It makes no sense. Being in the same room with greatness does not make you great. It's it, it it's 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 not because Tyron Lue played point guard with Shaq and Kobe that when he went to the Wizards, right, and, and was a a higher priced guy, it wasn't suddenly he's Kobe. He wasn't like, yeah, I practiced with Kobe for about five seasons. I used to pass to Shaq, so now give me the ball. I'm about to score 35. That's not how greatness works. Being being in its presence doesn't rub off on you. If I had co-hosted a show with with uh, Dan Patrick and and name your favorite sports radio guy, I might pick up a thing or two. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to go to Fox Sports National and CBS Sports National and ESPN Sports National and be like, <laughs> I mean, if that, if- how much money are you going to offer me? I once shook hands with Dan Patrick. Like that's not how any of this works. If it did work that way, like we'd all be a lot funnier because you go to like a stand-up you go show to, exactly. and everybody's like telling all the jokes. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, but I've watched Dave Chappelle do comedy uh, four and five times. Uh, <laughs> want to hear a joke? It's like, no, <laughs> I don't want to hear a joke. And in, and another thing that I'm just going to uh, point out here, th- they're giving Joe Judge a ton of credit for being in the presence of Nick Saban. Nick Saban was a terrible NFL coach. Nick Saban left LSU to coach the Miami Dolphins. He won a national championship at LSU, went to coach the Miami Dolphins, and like three years later was coaching Alabama because he stunk in the NFL. But now we're giving NFL coaches credit on their resume towards being NFL coaches for being in the presence of Nick Saban? Nick Saban couldn't do it his darn self. Sometimes I look at these hires, man, and I don't get it. There are so many good minds. Go get one of them. Go Whether it's a college good mind, I don't mind the Matt Rule hiring. Whether it's Lincoln Riley, whether it's Urban Meyer, whether it's uh, an offensive coordinator somewhere that's doing something special, Eric Bieniemy or otherwise. Someone that has done something other than shake hands with a guy that you'd like to have your head coach. Right there, there was a, a Sean McVay go, becomes the Rams head coach for the next year. They're just hiring guys that look and sound like Sean McVay, young guys that have the quote unquote guru label. We'll see how it works out, but I don't get it. Go get someone with a track record of success. Don't get someone that looks like or sounds like or shook hands with someone who is like someone that you want to have as your head coach. It's, it's the Lamar Jackson rule, right? Everyone's going to go try to get the next Lamar Jackson. There is no next Lamar Jackson. He's extremely impressive as an individual. You're going to go get the next Nick Saban, the next Bill Belichick, just grab someone that worked with him? There is no next Nick Saban or next Bill Belichick. They're extremely impressive as individuals. Joe Judge, New York Giants. Goodness gracious, man. Goodness gracious. Maybe I'm going to have to start watching the XFL. How about that? We might be bouncing on the NFL. They keep making dumb decisions, especially when the XFL is making some changes that I think the NFL should look at. We'll talk about those changes next.
Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 1017-1035-1460 AM. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Makadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team hotline, 540-639-4900, the number there. The XFL is trying to do what has never been done, often attempted, never completed, spring football, a spring professional football league. Which, um, you know, I mean, I hate to be one, you know, I hate to be one of those people that start a speech uh, like an eighth grader. The Webster's Dictionary definition of, you know, you know how that's that's the the cliche eighth grade public speaking class. The Webster's Dictionary definition of blank blank is da 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 da, da. and then they go into to explain. That's their hook. That's their catch. Um, what is the definition of of insanity? doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? If, if uh, you walk outside and you don't have a jacket and you get sick, and then you walk outside and you're still not wearing a jacket and you get sick, and then you're trying to decide if you're going to go outside without a jacket and you're like, oh, I probably won't get sick, you're insane, right? There's, there's a definite order of operations there. So far, we have seen the XFL once. We've seen the AAF. We've seen arena football. We've seen NFL Europe. We've seen plenty of people try to make a secondary professional football league, and we've seen them fail. And now we're starting to recycle through the same people. XFL fails. We're giving the XFL another shot. And TV companies are getting involved, and famous people are getting involved, and, and, and people are looking for a quick buck, and players are getting the hopes up that this is going to be the break they need to get back into the NFL. First of all, I don't think it's going to work because it hasn't worked in the past. However, I will give the, uh, the XFL credit in that they are making changes. There needs to be something different between the NFL and the XFL other than just quality of play. Because right now, I will guarantee you the XFL will have worse football than the NFL because everyone in the XFL, the NFL is turned down. Now, there might be a player or two that fell through the cracks. There may be a player, a coach or two that is NFL quality that will be in the XFL, but they'll only be in the XFL until the NFL comes calling. And it's like you you've said before with like AAF like the and a lot of times like the reason why you like watching football is because to watch like the Peyton Mannings the Marshawn Lynches exactly there's there's actually two reasons why I think uh, NFL is king one is what you just said they are the best of the best at what they do and to be quite honest I don't think there are 32 NFL starting quarterbacks on this planet I think there's probably 20 with four or five of them backing up other guys that are starting quality. So there are 15 teams in the NFL with starting quality quarterback play. So the XFL is going to have to have something different to differentiate themselves from the NFL other than just being worse football. Now, can I, t- you probably are too young back. I think it was 2001. The XFL gave it a go. They were going to do the secondary league and it was Vince McMahon, right? Yeah. And that's what this is. It's Vince McMahon again. Yeah. But, but, when it, during the buildup, I can tell you I was 10 years, 11 years old at the time, which is peak, uh, you know, you try to watch WWE, WWF when your parents don't know you're watching because I, I was never allowed to watch it growing up. Too violent, right? Um, 
But when when your mom's in the other room, you turn it on mute and you you turn on Goldberg or Diamond Dallas Page and you watch for ten minutes. Like when the XFL was announced, do you know what me and my friends got super excited for? We thought it was going to be football with like a folding chair. We thought it was going to be football where uh, instead of tackling them, you would DDT them. To be honest, that might be a little more interesting. And that's what we thought. We were stoked. We were like, love football, love WWE. Makes sense. Put them together. Right and 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 it was it was Vince McMahon. We wanted the the linebacker after he tackled the quarterback and pile drived him into the ground to grab a microphone and be like, "And we're coming for you on first down and second down and third down, and we're gonna do it to you on fourth down, and we're gonna see you in Cleveland on January 31st for WWE SmackDown." Like that's what we thought it was, and we were excited because that's different than the NFL. Right on Sunday we watched the, the we we watched. The NFL with our dads, right? And we watched John Elway, and we watched uh, uh, young Peyton Manning, and we watched Marshall Folk, and we watched the best of the best of that era, right? We we watched the best of the best of that era. So so when we tuned into the XFL and we were expecting to see WWE WWF, what we got was lesser rate. NFL football. We got NFL football with worse players. On that same note, like I would personally, if I were Vince McMahon, I would take that money from the XFL and use it to make, you know, WWE maybe a little better. I don't know. That's already but that's, a that's, cash cow. That's, it is. He's taking money that he's making but, off of, of that stuff and putting it into the XFL. Um, why would you not put that back into your main product though? I, I don't I, I I don't think it's it's I don't think he's robbing one pocket to pay the other. I think he's got enough money to pour into both. The guy's a billionaire. Uh multiple times over. Um, so, so, so the XFL at least is doing a little bit here, right? They have new rules. One kickoffs are going to be crazy. The kickoffs. I don't even know how this is going to work. No one can move other than the kicker and the returner until the ball is caught. It's going to be like weird freeze tag where the ball's in the air and everyone's like, ah, ah, what do I do? What do I do? And then as soon as it's caught, right? Because. Where the NFL is trying to almost eliminate kickoffs. They want everything to be a touchback. They want to prevent guys running 60 yards and hitting each other. The NFL is, or excuse me, the XFL is trying to encourage returns. Punts into the end zone are going to come out to the 35-yard line rather than the 20 or 25. And the reason they're doing that is because they're trying to encourage punt returns. They don't want punters trying to get it uh, into the end zone or, or tapping it out at the one. They want them to try to get it out at the 10 so someone can return it. After, uh, after touchdowns, you're going to be able to go for one point from the two-yard line, two points from the three-yard line, or, or, or three points from the 10. That's, I think I said that right. One point from the two-yard line, two points from the three-yard line, or three points from the 10-yard line, which w- will mean, how about this? Nine points is a one-possession game. You're going to have to be aggressive throughout the game to win. Uh, on overtime, they're doing it like soccer. You know, uh, free kicks or, or, or what? I don't know what they call it at the end of soccer. I think it's free kicks. Shootout, right. shootout. Right. Where it's you kick one, then we kick one, then you kick one, then we kick one. Whoever has the best after five wins, they're doing it that way. 
We get one shot from the five-yard line. You get one shot from the five-yard line. We get one shot from the five-yard line. You get one shot from the five-yard line. It's going to ramp up the intensity. That's how overtime is going to be played. I might not watch an XFL game, but if I'm on Twitter or if I get a text from someone and they they say, yeah, this XFL game between the – their names are ridiculous. Like the Vipers and the Defenders is going into to overtime and I'm watching the, the 37th replay of a, an Office episode, I'm going to flip over and watch the shootout because it's something I haven't seen before and it sounds exciting. It sounds exciting. You're allowed two forward passes. And he, here's the other thing they're doing. They're, they're, they're making all of their rules to speed up the game. An NFL game is coming in over three hours on average, right? And if you do the math, it's something like 12 minutes of actual play, like from whistle to whistle, hmm. right? But there's, there's uh, uh, another two hours in, or three hours essentially of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman shooting the breeze. But it's like quite and literally an event, you know? It is. But but the NFL's coming in over three hours. The XFL saying, we don't want that. We're going to do it in two and a half. They're going to have a running clock. If you go out of bounds or throw an incomplete pass and there's more than two minutes on the clock, clock's going to keep rolling. That's pretty cool. I don't hate that move at all. They've made rule changes that are going to significantly eliminate the need for referees to take two minutes between a play discussing. That's all the two-forward pass rule is. They're allowing two forward passes as long as the first pass is behind the line of scrimmage, which means every time there's a trick play where the quarterback throws it laterally to a wide receiver and the wide receiver throws it downfield, the referees won't have to get together and go, all right, who saw it? Did that pass go forward an inch or did it go backward an inch? Because that's what they're doing. Does anyone have a landmark? Was it on on a hash mark? Do we know where the ball left his hand? They just get to say, it was behind the line of scrimmage. Go, let's go. Next play, next play, next play. And the thing is, I don't think the XFL's legacy is going to be um, a strong, healthy league for the next 20 years. I don't see it happening. I think it will fail. I think the XFL's legacy is going to be for however long it is around, the NFL will be able to look at them as a testing ground for some of these rules. Maybe they should change up their overtime because it works in the XFL. Maybe they should have an extra referee who's there just to spot the football to pick up the pace of the game, which is what the XFL is doing. Maybe they should have a review official at each location because that's what the XFL is going to have. Their legacy is going to have nothing to do with a healthy league that we all watch and the ratings are high and it becomes the NFL of the spring. That's not what's going to happen. If it did, we'd be pleasantly surprised. Sure. I think it might be saturating the market a bit, right? The two reasons why, uh, I don't even know if I finished this thought earlier. The two reasons why I think the NFL works is the stars, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. and, And the other is I think it's made for the American focus span. Right? It's made for our attention span. Like you get that break in between. Once a week, we, we get overloaded with it, like our senses need to be overloaded with, right? Like a, like a movie trailer. There's not just one game going on on Sundays in the NFL season. There's a billion of them, and you can flip back and forth on your screen. You can go to the red zone. You can check your fantasy team, right? Your, your senses are overloaded, and then you go a week. And, and, and you're like, all right, I'm good. And then on Monday, you get a taste. Tuesday, you're, you're happy there's no football. Wednesday, you're like, oh, I'd watch a game if it were on. 
Thursday, you get a taste. Friday, it's, oh, you know, it's Friday. I'm going to enjoy myself. Saturday, hey, let's go out. Let's party. And then Sunday, here's, oh, let's go. It's the attention span. So I, I, and then off-season is perfect, right? Off-season, you're like, thank goodness. I don't have to check my fantasy team 10 times today. And then by the time July comes around, you're like, give me some football, man. You're like a crack addict. Yeah, I need it. I need it. August comes around and you're like, yes. Will we have that, that yes moment if the XFL is filling it the entire year? I don't know. But I do like some of these rules. And maybe the NFL will follow suit. Uh, let's take a break when we come back. Quick NBA conversation before we get to Hokey Hour. Anthony Davis is hurt. Anthony Davis is turning down money. Anthony Davis is he's coming and going. He's got everything going on. Stick around. Sports in the NRV just got a wake-up call. Wake up. The Tim Donnelly Show continues next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show back. Talk of the New River Valley. WRAD 1017-1035-1460 AM. Here we go. Here we go. Anthony Davis. All right. Quick little NBA discussion to mix it in amongst all the NFL and college football news. Um, You better talk about Anthony Davis like he's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz uh, got hurt from a dirty hit into the back of his head by a 6'6", 260-pound superhuman known as Jadavion Clowney, and the world wanted to talk about his durability. You better talk about Anthony Davis the same way. And he didn't even get hit. He jumped and landed wrong. This guy spends more time on the injured reserve, more time on the training table than the trainer does. He landed on his back tailbone on a kind of ugly move. We've all seen it uh, in basketball a billion times. It's like the third most common play in high school basketball where someone jumps up, loses their balance, they, they flail about and land on their tailbone, and everyone goes, ooh. The air is sucked out of the gym. Ooh. He's getting an MRI. He's already pretty much been ruled out for an upcoming road trip by, uh, by the Lakers. And I'm going to just say it this way. He's an incredible athlete. Right, He is unbelievable. He is seven feet tall. He moves like he's 6'2". He can handle. He can shoot. He can jump out of the gym. He has a wonderful unibrow. He is a fantastic player. He has to learn how to fall. He has to learn how to fall. If you're an athlete on your feet, be an athlete in the air. This was not unforced, right? This was not an NFL uh, linebacker hitting you in the back of the head that you can't see. This was you jumping to block a shot. The man that makes contact with you, you were looking at. You better start talking about this guy's durability, especially as the entire world is being prepared to offer him all of the money that they possibly can. He turned down over $200 million from the Lakers to go test the open market where the Lakers will once again offer him 200 plus million dollars. They better be darn sure he's not going to spend 40 games a year on the injured list because he doesn't know how to fall on hardwood playing a sport that is played on hardwood. Be an athlete. I remember in Pop Warner, they were teaching us how to fall. Right? When, when you were carrying a football and you were thrown to the ground, 
uh, your natural instinct is to throw your hand out there, right? Try to brace your fall. And right. I remember the coaches in Pop Warner saying, no, 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 don't do that. You'll break your wrist. When you get tackled, just hold two hands on the ball, land on your shoulder, land on your back, land on your stomach, and you won't break anything. Did no one teach Anthony Davis how to fall? Looks like he's leading himself into a hardwood on, on his, his tailbone, his back. Come on. You're too valuable. You're too good. Let us all have that problem, right? Let us all be so good at what we do that everyone is looking at us like, why aren't you protecting yourself? We need you too much. You're too important to our winning. Let us win with you. We're going to give you 200 plus million dollars. Don't get hurt. Like, I, do you know what he needs to do? This offseason, he needs to go to a trampoline park. Right when I first got here, we, we had uh, the uh, one of the, the advertisements on the show was the Extreme Springs or whatever. Uh, it's actually right by my house, a, a trampoline park. I need him to go to the trampoline park and to play dodgeball just so he can learn when he's moving and, and anticipating in the air how he's going to land. I need him to be an athlete more so than just, you know, one of the best athletes on the planet. Let's take a break. When we come back, Hokie Hour will be here on the Tim Donnelly Show talking Hokies versus Syracuse to start it off.